Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. We're going to have a good time this morning, though. We're going to open up the Bible. I believe the word for this year is arise. I believe this is a year that God's people are going to arise. Last Sunday, I talked about how arise means to wake up. But today I want to talk to you, that doesn't just mean to wake up, it means to go up. It means to ascend. I believe that the scripture, I'm going to stand on all year this year, you're welcome to stand on it with me. There's plenty of room on this boat. Are you ready? Isaiah 60 verse 1 says, arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Anybody anybody believe this, that we can rise even in, in, in turbulent times? I want you to know that God does not need a peaceful ocean to take care of you. That God can cause you to rise in the spite, in fate, in, in the face of opposition. So today, uh, if you have your Bible, I'm going to turn to what scholars all agree is the best named book of the Bible. It's the book of Mark. Tough crowd. And uh, Mark chapter 9 is where we're going to turn. I'm going to read 14 verses. If you're an atheist today, if you're agnostic, Hindu, Buddhist, Muslim, you name it, pantheistic, it doesn't matter where you're at. I'm glad you're here today. Ocean's Church loves all walks of life. Can I get a good amen from that? If you're tuning in online right now, we're honored to have you with us. If you want right now, I give you permission to hop on your phone and to share this on Facebook. We're live, and I believe many people would be encouraged by the message today. I want to talk to you today about going up. Going up. Who likes likes going up? Anybody like going higher? Some of you are scared of heights. I'm not trying to talk about that today and deal with that phobia. Uh, I want to talk in the context of, I believe, in life, God gives us the opportunity to actually raise to a higher level of knowledge and intimacy with him. And uh, I want to read about three groups of people. There was a father, there's a son, and there's some disillusioned disciples that are all feeling low. And I feel like it's almost a prophetic picture of the 2020 we had and the 2021 that's kind of started, that it seems like things are, you know, not not high, they're low. Not in a great place, it seems like it's in a challenging place. How many want 2021 not to talk to 2020? You guys can be friends, I'm separating you two. Um, But... I want to open my Bible and uh, just again read out of Mark chapter 9 today. I'm going to read 14 verses. Let's read this together. This incidentally is right after the Mount of Transfiguration, that Jesus, it's really, really clean, white, that Moses and Elijah show up. They have a conversation on a mountaintop. Jesus leaves nine of his disciples in the valley, and the nine that he left in charge did not have what it took to hold down the fort. It's very similar. It's interesting that what you find in the New Testament or in the Old Testament is actually shadowed oftentimes in the New Testament. It's a very similar story as, uh, you know, Exodus, I think it's 24 and 32, of when Moses is on the mountain with God, and he leaves Aaron and the people on the, in the valley, and it's like he's having a good old time on the mountain, and the people are losing their minds in the valley. Anybody been on social media lately? Who's arguing today? But there's people all over. So uh, I want to I look at this today, and I believe it's a, just a timely uh, message for all of us. It says in verse 14 that Jesus came off the mountain to the disciples that were left behind. There was nine of them. And he saw a great multitude around the disciples and scribes. Say it with me, scribes. 
These were the intellectuals of the day. They were the spiritually educated of the day. They had the Torah memorized, very highly, uh, very high IQ individuals. So the scribes were arguing with the disciples. Immediately when they saw Jesus, all the people were greatly amazed. Running to Jesus, they greeted him. He asked the scribes, Jesus did, he said, what? What are you guys all talking about? What are you discussing? Then one from the crowd actually jumped out, shouted, teacher, I brought my son uh, to your guys. He has a mute spirit. He has a mute spirit. Some translations say he has a dumb, deaf spirit. And wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth. He gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should get rid of that evil inside of him, cast it out, but they could not. Let me stop here for a minute. You're like, Mark, this is a, this is a cute little analogy or so many scholars even, and you read these, these commentaries, they try to dumb down that there's actually a real spiritual realm. Yeah. I know this might be new territory for some of you guys. I know that some you never heard of someone teach about, even the, out of the Bible, that there is darkness in the world, that, that people actually can be filled with evil and even in the form of a spirit. And today, again, we're not spooky here, and everyone say, praise the Lord. If you get weirded out today, you're weird, not me. Can I get an amen? So promise to keep this thing on two wheels, but I want to encourage you that, that this, this is a true story. This is not fairy pothead or Harry Potter. Uh, this is not some novel that's fiction. This is a factual story, and if you believe it, say amen. So watch what happens. It's a real story, true story. So they said they couldn't get rid of that evil inside of them. Jesus said to them, O faithless generation, he called them faithless, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me and they brought him to him and, and when, when the when he saw Jesus immediately the spirit convulsed him stay with me the spirit what was inside of him took control of him convulsed him and immediately he fell to the ground he wallowed he foamed at the mouth it was like he had Alka-Seltzer right it was like was that the sandlot that he fakes that it was a flashback we'll keep going verse 21 so he asked Jesus asked the father how long has this been going on to this kid and the dad said, from childhood, often he has been thrown both into the fire and into the water to try to destroy him. But if you, God, if you can do anything, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father cried out with tears in his eyes. He said, Lord, I believe Help my unbelief. When Jesus saw the people come running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit. This is crazy. And, and said to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you to come out of him and enter him no more. Yes. Have you ever thought about what would happen today if Jesus was alive today? Yeah. I want you to know that mainstream media would be losing their minds. This is so politically incorrect. Yeah. He told my son he has a deaf and dumb spirit. He rebuked him. This would be all over the tabloids. Let's keep reading, though. Immediately the father, uh, uh, he said, okay, and we read that. <laughs> Verse 26. And the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, came out of him, and he became as one dead. So that many, many, not a few, but many people said, he's dead. Jesus took him by the hand, 
lifted him up. I've been studying the word arise. And he arose. Everyone thought he was dead. But Jesus grabbed them by the hand. And he arose. And when he'd come into the, the house, the disciples asked him privately, why in the world could we not cast that out? He said, this kind can only come out by prayer and by fasting. I want to talk to you today about going up. Anybody, everybody ready? Let's pray real quick. I promise just if you're new today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. I'm going to tell a couple stories. Uh, if you laugh, we call them jokes. If people don't laugh, we call it a bad audience. Um, it's a joke. Uh, and then after I do that, I'm going to land on some points. But I, here's my point. I want everyone to be honest. I want to be very straightforward. My intention is not just to talk about God, but to actually declare who our God is. When people boldly declare who he is, he shows up in that form. Some of you will be liberated today from darkness. Some of you today that are tired and exhausted are going to get energized. And others in here that have lost faith because it didn't happen when you prayed the first time. God is going to resurge faith in you. If you're up for having a good time in church today, go ahead and close your eyes. Father, I invite you. Holy Spirit, I invite you. Orange County, California, and America need you. We know that you're going to make it without us, but we will not make it without you. Would you come today in might? Would you come today in splendor? Will we have a good time? Maybe even laugh a little bit. I pray that we'd have fun together, but ultimately, Lord, that you would encounter us and we would leave this tent or leave our tablets or our phones, God, knowing and loving you more. Jesus, we honor you today. Fill us, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. And everybody said a good old-fashioned. Amen, amen. Anybody like, ele who, who, who likes elevators? Anyone like elevators? My five-year-old likes elevators. She's one of the few humans I've ever met that does. I'm not crazy, if I'm being honest, about um, liking elevators. It's like this little tiny box. It's awkward. It's a, look, it was socially awkward before COVID. Yeah. Can we be honest about that? I think that the, the buttons on the elevator are about as clean as the inside of a bowling ball. Um, I'm touching with my elbow. Come on, before COVID. Come on, long before COVID. That was protocol in elevators. It's always awkward trying to talk to people yeah. on elevators. Yeah. If you want to have a good time in an elevator, when you get into it, face the opposite way from the doors. <laughs> That's free. That's a good laugh right there. I, uh, I've been on elevators before, and it's funny. I, I, I would, man, I would hope, I, I actually wish we could somehow, somehow form a policy to somehow standardize elevators. I don't know why it takes 20 seconds to make it to the top of the Sears Tower, but it takes two and a half hours to make it to the second floor of the Ramada Inn. Can we standardize the speeds? I don't know if you've ever been in an elevator like, this is a coffin on a rope. This is, this is nerve-wracking. I've been on elevators before. Have you ever... Uh, I'm convinced that there was some sort of hidden conversation that actually uh, someone strategized about how they could make every lobby in the world of an elevator look the same. Someone strategized this. They, they, they just, someone was laughing. Someone laughing right now at how many boneheads get off the elevator on the wrong floor. Because every elevator lobby has the same table, the same flower arrangements, and the same phone. That mirror, right? Yeah. You ever got off the elevator prematurely? Yes. And you have to do the turnaround of shame? Yeah. Yeah. If you're smart, you just yell. You go, oh, Fred, I'll be there in a minute. 
and then you get back in the elevator again. You ever, you ever been in a hurry, so you just jumped into the first one that opened, not knowing it was going the wrong way? That's annoying. But I'll tell you, I was praying this week, and Mark, why would you even open up this story? Is I heard when I was praying, God, oftentimes, I'm not really smart. I'm pretty simple. Uh, I'm, the, I'm not the sharpest knife in the, in the drawer, the most colorful crayon in the box. I, I'm a pretty simple guy. And I was praying this week, and I heard the Holy Spirit just say, Mark, I want you to tell my people. It's almost like the elevator is opening up right now, and it's the voice of God in his mercy saying, are you going up? And it was almost a question mark, going up? Because I believe that our attitude is the paintbrush of our soul. I believe that we choose if we're going to believe God or if we're going to continue to be like everybody else that lives without God in the world. I feel so burdened by Christians that call themselves believers, but they believe the same way as people that don't know Jesus. They're believing for the same doom, the same gloom, the same pain, the same remorse. I believe that God has the power to take care of us. One clap in the tent today. This is the right message to Ocean's Church. I'm telling you today, I really do believe that God is asking and inviting us. Do you want to go up? Do you, are you waiting for the year to look better to actually believe for more? Or can we actually be some of those faith people of old that before we see anything change, we start elevating our expectations? God, we're going up this year. We're going to take some mountains this year. God, you're going to raise up some revival this year. That we're not going to keep living in yesterday's problems. Anybody believe that? I'm telling you that I heard the Holy Spirit say, we're going to arise this year. To arise means to ascend, to go higher. And I believe many people justify living low. They make excuses for it. It is crazy to me how many Christians will actually argue to keep bad things in their life. That's just my anger. That's just my habit. That's just my addiction. I'm just a liar. I'm just a cheater. My whole family's like this. I'm just an alcoholic. I'm just a druggie. Look, I'm just, I'm just. We name things that God wants us to evict. And I feel like one of the things that has to happen before we go higher is we have to call darkness what God calls it. We've almost created a new vocabulary in America to actually name pets that God actually calls enemies. That's just my pornography. That's just my perversion. That's just, that's just, that's just, I'm just a guy. Are you a child of God? Are you the temple of the Holy Spirit? Is he that is in you greater than what's in the world? Are you in this world? Are you of this? It's getting quiet. It's all right. I ain't preaching to your faces. I'm preaching to your hearts. And I'm telling you, I'd rather pastor a church that I smack you with truth than kiss you with lies. We have too many churches that are preaching this feel-good message that actually is not calling people higher. Here's the truth. Jesus meets you where you are, but he don't leave you there, baby. I remember my little Chloe. She was playing in the mud one day. I was taking her to the—we uh, were in Idaho. We had snow cone shacks. Who likes snow cone shacks? I believe they're going to be all over heaven. Come on, tiger's blood. Can I get an amen from the church? We were, we were by the pool. We walked out of the pool. Chloe's like three years old. She's got dirt in her mouth. I'm like, what are you doing? She's, I'm getting ready to give her a snow cone. She's got dirt in her mouth. 
I'm like, whoa, whoa, you ever like take your eyes off your kids for like a minute? And you're like, whoa, whoa, what's going on? Is that a devil? No, like, uh, she had dirt in her mouth. I'm like, what are you doing? And she's just like goofing off. She's like, you know, two, three years old. I said, Chloe, get the, listen, question, real quick, question. Do I, as a parent, still love my two-year-old when she has dirt in her mouth? So let me establish something about God. Even when you have dirt, his love doesn't change. I don't care how much darkness you're in. I don't care if you're in the occult, if you're into crystals, tarot cards. I don't care what, 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 what you're smoking today. I'm telling you that God loves all of his kids. You're made in his image. When he looks at you, even when you're dirty, he goes, you still got my eyes. Your voice still sounds like mine, even though you're not singing things that I like. You got dirt in your mouth, but guess what, Kenzie, Chloe, I'm going to get the dirt out of your mouth because I love you. Because I have delights for your mouth. See that snow cone shack? You won't enjoy that if you have dirt in your mouth. And it's almost like something's crept into the North American Christian that we think that we can enjoy dirt in one cheek and snow cones in the other. And I hear the Holy Spirit saying, do you want to stay here or do you want to go up? You want to justify the dark habits? You want to, you want to name the pets of darkness in your life? The things that destroyed your parents' marriage, the things that fractured your relationship with your grandmother, the, the unforgiveness that has separated your friend. You want to you keep naming your, your darkness? Or can we agree that God is a good father that can clean our dirt? I feel, I, feel, I feel something in here today. I sense the Holy Spirit. I can hear him just saying, inviting us, do you want to go up? And this is how good God is. He's a gentleman. He'll let you live in your dirt your whole life. You can just sit there eating dirt, mud, the whole, your whole, still go to heaven. Still go to, that's how good God is. He will let you be pathologically broken your whole life if that's what you choose. Well, I can't get free. I can't, no, I, I can't, I'll never get out of that darkness. I'll never get free from that drug use. I'll, I'll never be able to get, be like some of those Christian friends that I, I look, that's just not me. You can make excuses all you want. I've learned this, so you can't make excuses and make differences at the same time. You can make excuses for why you're not, or you can make adjustments and say, God, would you clean my mouth out? Here's a story. I love it. I couldn't get away from it. It's about three people that came higher. The first one that came up, that went up, going up, was the father that was broken. Some of you today are, and by the way, I think everyone in this tent is probably one of these categories. First category we read about in Mark chapter 9 is a father that is exhausted. You know why he's exhausted? He has a, he has a handicapped child. He has a child that cannot, he's deaf and he's, he's dumb. He's, that's what the Bible says. He's deaf, can't hear, and actually dumb actually translates speechless. So he can't talk. I've learned this, and it's interesting that, like Mark, and, and some of you would say, well, this is a medical condition of epilepsy. It's not epilepsy. Because Mark chapter 6 talks about, uh, or Matthew chapter 6 actually distinguishes the difference between epilepsy and, and evil spirits. So it says that Jesus healed all types of sickness, all types of diseases, all types of epilepsy, and cured those that have evil spirits. So in the Bible, it, it, distinguishes, it distinguishes epilepsy from evil. Are you with me? They're not one and the same all the time. 
And so in this context, he's dealing with a evil spirit. And we're in North America. We don't have demons. We have disorders. We don't. That's fine. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to insult your intellects and how smart you are. I know you have a lot of degrees and you have paper that says you're awesome. Um, I'm not arguing that. I would remind you that it took you three years to tie your shoes though, okay? I would remind you that it took you a couple of years to talk in sentences. It took you 18 years to say that you're average. Four more years to say you're a little smarter. Six more years to say you're smarter than everybody else. Okay, so I know you're smart. I'm not trying to, I know we're educated in Orange County, but I want to let you know that there are, there is a spiritual realm and you can ignore it, but just because you ignore it, it doesn't mean that it's not real. And it's so funny to me because all my, I have friends who are like, man, like atheist friends. They're like, they love horror movies. They love like demonic stuff. They love it. They love being scared by it, by Hollywood, but they want to avoid the reality of it in church. But if I could break it down today for all those living in Orange County, I think being, being uh, impacted by an evil spirit doesn't always mean you're the girl from the exorcist with your head spinning around your shoulders. And by the way, I would love it if Hollywood would make accurate evil movies. The problem is there wouldn't be any horror movies in Hollywood. Because if they depicted it the way that it actually is, you know the little demon-possessed girl in the opening scene? They'd be like, Pastor, come to my house. He would roll in and go, in Jesus' name, get out. Amen. Little girl sitting there on her bed again, playing with her toss. She's normal. Credits would roll. Movie's over. I wish. I promise you, I've seen darkness leave people. And I'm not saying everyone that has dark things in their life, it's demons. I think that there are people that are demon-possessed. The Bible teaches it. If it's in the Bible, we're going to go with it. That sounds dangerous. Sounds safe. It's dangerous when we start cutting and pasting what we believe about God. Let's let the owner's manual describe the purpose of life and not somehow make up our purpose as we go. There is demon possession. I believe if you're a Christian, you can't be possessed, but you can be oppressed. What's the difference, preacher? Possession means that the, the darkness owns your house. Oppression means you left the front door open and it's temporarily vandalizing your insides. There's people in this room that maybe you're not possessed by evil, but if we're being very honest, because of windows that you've opened up through disobedience, doors you've cracked open through the dark things you've opened yourself up to. And I could, I could rally, I could rack off, and I could go down a list of things that we do every day, stuff that we watch, things that we listen to. Places that we go, there's so much new age, mysticism, tarot cards, Ouija board, you, you name it. There's so much dark things that circulate. It's so funny that Orange County, wherever you find wealth and power, you will always find a ton of psychic places. You notice they're all over Orange County? It's because we have everything that money can buy, but we know there's more. There is a real spiritual realm. And I want you to know there's only one CEO of the spiritual realm. His name is Jesus. There is little spirits, and then there is the Holy Spirit. I love the 50% hand clap. I'm telling you today that that's, when, you're, when you come today, like some of you came this morning, and before you even walked, God told me, before you even walked in the tents, there was something inside you that wanted to leave. That darkness knew that it was getting ready to get evicted today. I've seen some of you start worshiping like, oh, I got to go to the bathroom right now. I got to get out of this environment. 
Why do you get so on edge? It's because there's something that's in you that God wants to get out of you and that darkness does not want to lose its grip on you. Why well, don't believe in darkness? Well, let's, let's look at what happened to this guy. It says that the spirit in him seized him, gripped him, and took him over. So, Mark, you said I'm demon-possessed. Well, I'm not saying demon-possessed, but let's go with this for a minute. Let's go logical. Is there things in your life that aren't godly that when you don't want to do them, they still have the power to grip you, take over your actions, and you wake up after the fact and go, why did I do that? I didn't want to do that. I said I wasn't going to do that. I told everyone I was done doing that. But it has a grip on me. I'm not saying that's a demon. I'm saying there is a dark influence that we are all susceptible to. And if you're honest in here, come on, can I get an amen? That's all the weird people around me. That's not me. It's like, no, homie, that's you too. All of us are susceptible We live in a world that there's a spiritual battle going on, good and evil, battling back and forth. It says this, not only did the spirit seize the boy and grip him and take him over, it said this, this is crazy, it said that it it would tear him down and actually throw him on the ground. Mark, I I don't have dark spirits. Is there things that you do that make you stumble and fall? I don't want to to look at that anymore. I don't want to say that anymore. I don't want to feel this way towards my family. I don't want to harbor that resentment. I don't want to get mad at people. I'm tired of giving people one-finger waves. I shouldn't do that, especially in the church parking lot. Why do I do what I don't want to do? It, It could be that there's darkness in your soul. You love Jesus, but there is a part of your heart that you have not surrendered. There is some darkness that you haven't cut ties with. I feel like the Lord's announcing today, today's the day, today to break up with darkness. It's a good breakup. Who wants a breakup Sunday? Come on. I should have titled this the breakup. Sorry, we can't be friends anymore. You want to just be friends? No, I don't want to be friends either. I don't want to date you, marry you. I don't even want to be friends with you anymore. If you aren't of the Holy Spirit, you aren't going to be inside of my spirit. I wish, man, some people would get some fire inside of them. Well, it's not politically correct. Well, that's kind of, I don't know. I don't know if I like that. I, I don't know if my therapist would agree with you. I'm telling you that there is a real darkness in this world. There is a blatant evil. There is a evil. Listen, in politics, there, you better believe there's, there are powers at play. We're not wrestling against Democrats and Republicans. There is evil, darkness, and there is light. This sounds like a conspiracy theory. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's the Bible. There was Baals. There was temples of Moloch. There there was idol worship. There was the temple of Diana. Throughout history, there has been evil at work. And people were somehow mysticized and, and, and trances to this darkness. And it took a prophet or it took a deliverer rising up saying, guys, let's stop, let's stop serving this darkness. Let's wake up in America. We worship sports and entertainment and we dishonor God. Let's give God our best. That's all right. I'll, I'll preach to myself. I sense God waking up the church in America. That we're not we're no longer gonna give our greatest worship to things that don't matter. 
tell you, man, I, I sense it so strong that some of you are exhausted like the father, taking care of a son and saying, I can't do this anymore. God, if you can help, help me. Yes. God's response to you is, is how you see him will affect how he responds to you. I believe the Jesus that you preach is the Jesus that you get. Yeah. And some of you have your arms crossed, looking like the cover girl for the book of Lamentations. That's fine. And you're like, I don't believe in this darkness stuff. I don't believe in demons. I don't believe in the Holy Spirit. I, don't, I, I think that God wants us to go to heaven, but I don't think that God has any power today on the earth. I'm a dispensationalist. I believe that miracles retired with the, with the apostles. I want you to know those dispensationalists, they get exactly what they preach. But the irony is the people that don't believe in miracles anymore is they don't get because they don't believe. But I still think it's funny because they love our worship music. So funny that the churches that don't believe for power anymore, they still love to study to our worship bands. They're somehow drawn to spirit-filled, Bible-believing, Holy Spirit-filled worship leaders and preachers. Their favorite preachers are Christine Keynes, and they love Bethel music, and they, they love listening to Maverick City, and they're wondering, man, that guy, was he speaking in tongues in the middle of that worship song? Yeah! And that's why you felt the presence of God. Well, I don't really understand. That's kind of like, I don't know, that's kind of weird. Just because your eight-pound brain can't wrap your head around the eternal God does not mean that it's not real. You're being kind of belligerent today. I'm being honest today. This kind of feels like truth. And I can hear, I can feel the Holy Spirit cleaning the insides of our souls out. Who needs a good spiritual detox? I feel like I got so much junk in my intestines. My, I've been, I got stuff, I got, I got build up from social media. I got build up from news and movies and music and politics. God, would you give me a holy cleanse? And I love this because this demon-possessed boy, you're like, Mark, I don't have demons, but maybe you got some darkness. And I would ask you today to go, Mark, if there is darkness in me, I'm inviting God to take me higher. How do you describe darkness? Well, it seizes you, it grips you, it takes you over, it tears you down, it throws you to the ground. How about this? You foam at the mouth. Never done that. Can I make it modern day for you? I have seen people foam at the mouth that are literally demon-possessed. And I've seen demons come out of people. I've seen little scrawny. I was one time in Idaho, tell the story, get everyone get freaked out. I love it. One time in our church in Idaho, this lady came. She's completely high on methamphetamine. She came into our service. She was probably 75 pounds soaking wet with a trench coat on. Little tiny lady. And she came up, she stormed the front of the church in the middle of the service, made a scene. Everyone's like, okay, never invite my new friends again. This is the weirdest church service in history. Our security team had to usher her out. We brought her into the prayer room. I was there. I was in Bible college. Never forget this. In Bible college, I walk out. There was like these big police officers that brought her in, and they can't even control this lady. They, they're trying to hold her because she's like trying to hit people and freak out. They grab her hands, and I am not exaggerating, they have her kind of, and they're trying to kind of contain the situation. She is lifting like 240-pound police officers off the ground. Like, she's like four foot nothing, 75 pounds, superhuman strength. And then this voice, I'll st I still remember her voice. It was not her voice. Well, I don't believe in that. Well, I was there. 
And the man with the argument is always at the mercy with a man with an experience. I saw it. I saw the darkness in her. This demon, demonic voice. And I saw my pastor go in there and start, start commanding the darkness to leave her. And Jesus, you come out of this lady. You come out of her right now in Jesus' name. Like crazy. Right? And it's so funny. Like, I'm appalled to hear this in church. But you watch it on Netflix. Why are you so offended right now? leaving this church it's real darkness is real and i'm not glorifying it i'm saying it's got to go jesus died to put resurrection power in our souls it says the same spirit that got jesus out of a dead grave lives inside of us and he will quicken our mortal bodies it's for heaven no it's for your mortal bodies not for your immortal bodies. We need the power of heaven on this side. When I get to heaven, I'll be per. Yeah, but how about we get some of it today? I gotta die the way that I was born. I noticed what the dad said. He said, how long has this been happening to your, to your son? He said, since childhood. Can I give you a point today that's free? Not my notes. I don't care how you were born. God has the power to save. God has the power to change. Ooh, it's getting quiet in here. Well, I was born a pervert. God can heal. I was born with rage. God can heal. I was born chemically imbalanced. God made your brain. You know what's crazy? When my Honda breaks down, I don't take it to the Ford dealership. I take it to the people that made this thing. And it's so funny that when we break down, we'll go to every other dealership on the earth, but not the one that made us. Well, I tried this and that and medicines and yoga and, and this and... Me- but I've never tried coming to Jesus. Who made you? Remember Moses was trying to make excuses why God couldn't use him? He's like, I, 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 I can't, I can't, I can't be your, your mouth, your mouthpiece. I, 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 I stutter. I can't, I can't, I, I can't, I can't preach. And God's like, um, who made the mouth? You know who you're talking to? You know who you're talking to? I made your mind. I'm aware of your darkness. I love it. it says arise and shine. For God's light has come. You know what light does? It evicts darkness. Notice that when you go into your dark room at night and you turn the light switch on, there is no debate. There's no voting, thank God. There's no, there's no negotiations of please leave. Please don't stay darkness. Actually, darkness isn't a property. It's the absence of a property. And this demon-possessed boy, maybe you don't foam at the mouth, but here's the here's modern-day translation. Stuff is coming out of you that's not normal or healthy. I don't foam at the mouth, preacher. Is stuff coming out of you right now that's not normal? Well, I guess maybe. I'm addicted to all these sexual things, and I have everything I want, and I'm, I'm so jacked up in my mind. I'm so messed up in my heart. Stuff's coming out of me that's not normal or not healthy. My kids are telling me that my anger is not healthy. My parents are telling me that my unforgiveness is not healthy. 
My therapist is saying that my greed is not healthy. Who would say, anybody honest enough to go, hey, maybe I'm not demon possessed, but maybe if I'm being honest, there could be a darkness that's gripping me sometimes, tearing me down, causing stuff to come out of me that's not normal or not healthy. He's grinding his teeth. Some of you are like, well, he just needs a mouth guard to sleep with. No, it's a bigger problem than that. Not just grinding. It says he became rigid. He became rigid. Dried up. The, the, the Greek word means withered. Some of you are dried up. It's interesting because deaf and dumb spirit, when he says, come out, deaf and dumb spirit. Notice he doesn't talk to the boy. He talks to the spirit. I could go through the list of all the stories in the book of Acts, which is our model that when someone's messed up, you don't deal with say, you're an idiot. You say, no, there's a darkness in you. And when the darkness goes, you're going to be good. But we got to get this darkness out of you. And he says this, I command you to leave. It's interesting that the deaf and dumb spirit means that he didn't have a voice. This is what the agenda of darkness is, is to get God's kids in so much bondage that they lose their voice. You ever notice how hard it is to walk in confidence when you have darkness in your life? Am I the only one that does something stupid and you get on a plane and you hit some turbulence, you're like, oh, God's judging me. He's had enough. I should have done that, it was stupid. And now God's like, your time has come, you're going home. Listen to me, we've all done goofy things, dumb things. I believe all of us at times have had darkness invade or attack us. And here's what God's gonna do today. He's gonna evict darkness in the tent. He's gonna evict darkness online. I'm not saying you're like pathologically screwed up. I'm saying all of us, I feel like at, on some level, can be cleaner in God. Anybody agree with that statement? That God can make me cleaner. And here's the last little bit here, and I'm gonna totally disregard my notes because I'm already over time. My mentor said, Mark, date your, date your outline, but marry the Holy Spirit. We'll stick with that today. You want the points, you can listen to first service. I, uh, there was points. Um, is the last thing is, uh, there was disillusioned disciples. Notice that the disciples tried to pray for him and nothing happened. I believe some of you are praying for stuff in America, it's not happening. You're praying for things in, in California, it's not happening. You're praying for things in your family, it doesn't seem to be working. I'm praying for your marriage, he's not changing. You're praying for your kids, they're still acting cray cray going through all this stuff what do you do when you've prayed and it's not working here's i'll give you one point on my points is when what you do is not enough you bring it to jesus that's point three i think that what we can't fix we have to bring it to jesus he said faithless generation how long am i gonna be with you he says hey bring the boy to me you can't do it but i can do it I believe that God is asking us to go up and we're going to go higher in God by going, God, I'll do what I can do. And please, what I can't do, I'm going to bring to you. How many feel like there's some areas in your life that you've tried and you failed? You say, Mark, I'm going to try bringing it to Jesus this time. Can I be the first one to raise my hand? How many honest people in Orange County? Awesome. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.